Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Please take your seats quickly, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Tennis Weekly with Joel, Kim and Chris on today's Australian Open Preview. Djokovic looks to create even more history down under. Sviantek draws a former champion in round one. And Asaka and Raducanu get ready for their Grand Slam return. Kim, Chris, today is the 11th of January and we are here to catch up on the Australian Open draws at Tennis Weekly HQ. The men's and ladies singles draws, they came out overnight. We were fast asleep and I don't know about you guys, I was very excited to wake up this morning, check my phone and just see see the madness and the chaos of a round one Grand Slam draw, the first one of 2024. It caught me by surprise, to be honest, because I was trying to look at the results and then I saw all of Twitter was reacting to some of these kind of mouthwatering clashes You mean you didn't wake up at 3am to watch it live? Have I done that before? Yes. But <laughs> when your faves draw someone really awful, mm. then it doesn't make that sort of like <laughs> loss of sleep worthwhile. Yeah, <laughs> You just want to go back to sleep. I woke up to a, a WhatsApp saying Caroline Garcia was drawn against Naomi Osaka. What, what a nightmare draw for, for Garcia. Well potentially for both of them yeah i mean hopefully you know now that we have her as an enemy with a podcast no misaka comes through that one garcia is dead to me she's dead to me now that she's created her own podcast unless she comes on the podcast and then obviously everything's fine yeah if she comes on garcia we we love you once again but uh at the moment yeah not in my best books Oh, she'll always be the renaissance to me. Don't worry. Well, before we get into looking at the draws, as well as uh, unveiling our collector set player picks as well, we just want to do a crowdfund update for everyone. We are just £47 away from hitting our target of £2,000. We are currently at £1,953. And uh, we want to say a big thank you to everyone who has donated, um, especially over the last couple of days, but everyone who has managed to reach into their pockets to support us. Please help us get over the line. We are so close. We put the GoFundMe link in the description if you can help us out. Um, But yeah, massive, massive thank you for everyone already. Also in the description is the link to vote for us to win the best tennis and racket podcast at the Sports Podcast Awards. Last year, we finished runner-up and we'd love to go one better. So please do vote for us if you'd like us to win and do get those votes in before the deadline of the 28th of January. I think that now brings us on to... Well, actually, before we get into Australian Open draw and the the preview... The suspense, the tension. We do have... Yeah, we lied when um, we said that this would be the next time you heard from us because avid uh, listeners who follow everything will well they may already have listened to uh chris you uh had a an interview with a certain someone the other day 
Yes, we had uh, Ben Rothenberg came on the podcast to talk about his new book about Naomi Osaka. So it's a very good timing for that. And there are some great um, opinions, great insight there, not so great stories from the Osaka family, including kind of the sister, the relationship with her sort of family at large. And I learned an awful lot from that. Mm. And looking ahead of the Australian Open, I think it will be very interesting to see what the next chapter is. So I think that's well worth a listen if you're a fan of Naomi Osaka. Um, and I think there'll be everyone will be surprised by what you'll hear. There's some very interesting things in that one. Yeah, it's a great episode. Um, thanks, Chris, for uh, for going solo on that and bringing that to all of our listeners. Managing the time difference, Kim. Yeah, Copenhagen to Melbourne. I think that's our. Um, so please oh, be thank God for the internet, right? Yeah. <laughs> we, were, we were forgiving <laughs> yeah. of the delay. Yeah, we were putting the the Wi-Fi into overdrive, weren't we? We were the dial-up broadband. Eagle-eyed uh, listeners as well may have also spotted us in the first episode of the recently released Breakpoint uh, Series 2. Uh, we, we both all have little little cameo uh, audio pieces, don't we? As a double so act, very Joel, exciting for us. I know. And Kim had a solo performance and we were in a very tense moment of the breakpoint curse and then we have this crescendo and it's tennis weekly taking us to <laughs> it has to be a thing right I it's think- surreal it's so surreal isn't it hearing your voice on netflix but uh it's amazing it's amazing at the same time to consider you know where where the pod has, has started and now where it is we're on we're on netflix we need to get a yeah. subscription i wonder if they'll th- throw that in for um <laughs> for free for us so we can watch it yeah, so do check out Breakpoint if you haven't already uh, started binge watching it uh, because, yeah, we've got six episodes um, to, you know, whet your appetite before the Australian Open starts on Sunday. And talking of the Australian Open, we do have two draws to, um, you know, analyse and make predictions from. So let's start with a men's draw where we've got Novak Djokovic as defending champion and top seed. Uh, his opening quarter, I mean, he's got, I would say quite a nice draw. Um, I mean, it's. I feel like we say this kind of every time because it's Novak Djokovic and, you know, even if he had tougher elements to his draw, we'd still be predicting him to come through, I'm quite sure. But Joel, what do you make of Djokovic's quarter? It is a projected quarterfinal with Stefanos Tsitsipas if the seeding goes to plan, isn't it? I don't think we're going to get that. I think Stefanos Tsitsipas I saw earlier taking a medical timeout uh, during an exhibition uh, in Melbourne, which was not Surely a good not sign. Surely not day or Djokovic's well, day I, I, of fun. Goodness. Yeah, I know. I, medical timeouts in exhibitions, that is not something you want to see. So I'm not sure how uh, fighting fit he is. And that's a worry because you know he was finalist here last year. Uh, lots of points to defend. And he's got Berrettini in the first round, who has also had very good memories uh, recently of, of playing in Melbourne. So that could be a very interesting encounter. But yeah, for Djokovic, quite an easy draw. I'm sort of hoping we get Djokovic-Ben Shelton in round four, uh, because we could see the... I think that could be a spicy encounter, given the, the hoo-ha we had last year. We could get the Ben Shelton, the return maybe of the uh the the dial me in hand gesture well it's been hung up that call right now so someone (laughs) needs to dial back in to pick up the phone um so hopefully that story will will play out but i mean that would be a very interesting clash and i Mm. think it's always nice when we get to see some of the older sort of generation versus the new generation and see how they're kind of sort of performing i mean the older generation are just all in around djokovic aren't they because you've got djokovic you've got andy murray you've got gail monfils 
Stan Vavrinka's lurking about here. Manorino. Manorino. Yeah, it's like the, it's like the old oh. gen in, uh, in the top of the first quarter. Batista Agu also in there as well. Yeah. It's a battle of the, the young guns and some of the, <laughs> should we say, more mature participants of the tour. Taylor Fritz also kind of flying around in this section. But I mean, do you think that Ben Shelton is maybe the only one that has a chance to even beat Novak. I mean, apart from Novak's wrist, perhaps that will be the, the biggest threat to Novak if there is an injury. Ooh, I've got to be honest. It's really hard to think that someone's going to come through this section of the draw apart from Djokovic. I mean, we always say that, but when you look at kind of the, the full section we have here, I mean, Sitsapas is probably your pick of the top eight seeds, um, given some of the injury concerns that you've mentioned, Joel. And there are, there are some kind of strong players in here, but they aren't those sort of players that you wouldn't want to see in your quarter um, when it comes to people being like a, a really big threat and inspired someone, you know, he might might take a set off um, Djokovic in, in the first few rounds. You know, that could be like a popper in, might have a fantastic tiebreak set against him. He does like to lose a set in the opening rounds of a tournament before he kind of brushes away the number two seed. So for me, I mean, this has had Djokovic coming through all over it. And Andy Murray opens against Thomas uh, Echeverry. Could face Gail Monfils second round. Five sets round. written all over it, Kim. It, it God, does seem that way, doesn't ones. it? I mean, potential third round with Novak Djokovic. Joel, are we going to get that match, do you think? We, I don't think we can look that, that far ahead. And actually, even before that, I would love to see Murray versus Gail Monfils. I think that would yeah. be a real be fun. entertaining uh, show that would, would you know, no doubt pack out a stadium. But um, I think you've got to take it one match at a time. And Echeverry, 30th seed, I think that's a very tough opener. Could be a very attritional battle I think that could go very very deep and um, you know Murray obviously you know he's had a he's had good performances but he hasn't had the wins to start that he would have liked you know at the very start of 2024 so um, yeah we'll have to see but um, I'm hoping we can get some of those more entertaining matches if he can come through that first one against Echeverry. It's just such a shame isn't it I was talking last time about what we need from Murray is a good draw and I'd say I mean, having Echeverry round one, round two, potentially Gael Monfils, mm. and then round three, Novak Djokovic, I wouldn't say that this quarter is really opening up for Andy Murray at no. this stage, which is a shame. So I think it will be about, as you say, going going round to round here. But I mean, there are some other returning players here. I mean, I've got my eye on Marin Cilic. I think he showed some good tennis, even though I did say that maybe he <laughs> is he going to lose so from well. like seven match? Is he going to lose from seven match points? Oh, I just yeah. think. It's the five sets thing. Some of these players aren't able to get it done, you know, in three. So when you're coming back to the tour, it could, it could be tough. But I mean, is there anyone else who catches your eye, Kim? Well, I was about to say Fabian Marishan, who oh. Marichilic is scheduled oh. to play. I just the giant think he killer. might, I think he might, yeah, go on a bit of a, I would say a bit of a run, but he might get a few wins under his belt. He's might the only other my person. prediction already, Kim. Yeah, that's caught my eye. But let's have a look at the second bit of the draw because Yannick Sinner is residing in this bit. So we would have potentially a Yannick Sinner-Novak Djokovic semi-final. Um, yeah, semi-final, yep. sorry. I had to do the maths and I was thinking, hang on, one, one plus two four. plus three plus four. I know. <laughs> um, and we do also have Andre Rublev as the fifth seed in this section. So potentially Sinner-Rublev quarter. Chris, who are you looking at in this little section of the men's draw? Well, I mean, Dimonar is definitely a big, big talking point this tournament. It's really teeing himself up 
um, almost kind of in a way that there hasn't been that sort of pressure on an Australian player playing in Australia for such a long time who has been um, a male player. Obviously, there's always a lot of attention around Kyrgios and what he can do. Um, but it just seems like there's sort of like this um, real expectation hype um, around Diminar that this might be his time. But it's a tough first round. Yeah. Um, I think it's that, a tough draw. Ranić then potentially... Yeah, then potentially Alnaldi. And Jarry, is, he had some mm. good results. I mean, he was playing um, in the United Cup and they were able to spring a few surprises here and there. So it is a tough draw for Diminar. And you have to think that the pressure could get to players. We've seen that with Sam Stozer in the past, that when there is this expectation, it's so hard to put it together, especially in such a sporting nation like Australia, where this will be front page news, whatever happens. Um, and in the absence of kind of a, a female story of quite the same level, um, it will be tricky, tricky to see you know, how he's going to come through some of these clashes. But will he live up to the weight of expectation, Kim? I think he will, actually. I think he's going to come through. I mean, he's in the top 10 now, first time in his career. So... I guess he may be feeling that extra pressure, but I think he's just seemed to have stepped up a slight notch of late. And I, I think I think he's going to come through and, and play Yannick Sinner in the quarterfinal. That, that's what I'm envisaging. So I think Ooh, he's going to take out might, Rublev. I, well, I think he might get the better of Rublev. I, I he's got know, a positive head-to-head against him. He has, yeah. having um, lost their most recent encounter in Paris in three sets, but he has actually won th- uh, three of the last four that they played prior to that. So... It's not a bad matchup for him. Joel, do you think Yannick Sinner is going to come through this section easily? I think so. I mean, we've not obviously seen much of him. Um, you know, he didn't play in seen the, in in the first week of, of editions. Exactly. We've been talking more about him in that. I mean, what is your thoughts on that advert? Very, very, it's very, very Italian. It's Sinner, very... but very Italian. Yeah, <laughs> I kind of love it. But, um, you know, the idea of kind of seeing Sinner in all those different looks is very different to how we normally see him on the court. So, <laughs> I mean, the, it's almost like I he's guess a mannequin. I guess one player in, you know, in or around him is Karen Kachinov, um, who seems to always peak whenever he plays uh, in, in Grand Slams. And again, another player who's got good memories of playing at the, you know, the Australian Open. But I still think with Sinner, the momentum he's on, um, I think we're going to be ending up with potentially, yeah, Sinner, Sinner Djokovic coming through into the, into the semifinals. I just can't see him... Uh, you know, flaking in in this in this part of the draw, really. I I agree. I think that's looking likely. Let's look at the bottom half of the draw, um, the third quarter specifically, where we've got Daniel Medvedev as the third seed. Now he's been a two-time finalist here, so he's going to be hoping he can, you know, go one better and lift the trophy. Uh, but we've also got Holger Runa in this section. We've got recent Brisbane champion Grigor Dimitrov as well, uh, and Hubert Hercash, who you know almost won the United Cup for Poland. Um, Joel. Who is catching your eye from the third quarter here? Well, I, th- I think it's actually Holger Runa at the at the top of the draw. Um, you know, he had that great run um, to the final in, in Brisbane where he played uh, Dimitrov. And I'm actually looking at both of those finalists to see, you know, how they do because, um, you know, they've been playing so well. And, and Dimitrov is a player who carried on that momentum from the end of last year. And yeah, I think if you're Daniel Medvedev, yes, you might have a, a few easy openers and a few easy settlers, but I think it'd be a very fascinating contest if we did get to round four and we had a Dimitrov-Medvedev matchup because um, I just think Dimitrov's, he's on a new lease of life at the moment on the on the tennis court. Chris, do you think Dimitrov's getting there? Is he going to continue his, his run of form? It's, it's a tricky one because... 
we do get I do get excited about Dimitrov and I always think you know he's going to be able to put it together in the slams and then it doesn't quite happen that way and um everyone in the slams is really going to be playing some of their best tennis and he has kind of been known to make it a bit harder for himself but having said that he did win the last encounter in Paris that they had in a very tight three setter um, but apart from that, it's been pretty pretty dominated by Medvedev. So I, I am worried he has got Fuchovic in round one, and I just see I can Fuchovic. see a round one exit. That's just not a nice round one draw, is it? He's a very experienced player at Grand Sams, and is always. I feel like he's always like a a keen player who likes to upset upset the apple cart. Yeah, and I mean. It's going to be interesting to see and we just have to hope that kind of this is Grigor 2.0 in the sense that he's able to, you know, keep building on that and keep a level head in the big tournaments because, I mean, it's one thing obviously getting to the final of a 250 and a final of a 1000, but if you really want to push on and get back into the top 10, you've got to put it together um, in the slams, which is something he hasn't necessarily done that much of lately. Um, but in terms of Holger, I was going to ask the question, do you think that people could trouble him on a path to a potential quarterfinal here, Kim? Uh, only either Herkaj or possibly oh, Denis Shapovalov. pick, didn't you, at the end of last season? You do like to predict a good result for him. Well, I'd, I'd like the best for him. I, you know, I quite like watching a bit of Hubert Herkaj and I feel like he deserves a, a really good, solid, um, you know, run at a slam. I know he did well at Wimbledon a few years back, but I'd love to see him, you know, going deep um also in this section of the draw Felix OJ Aliasim is up against Dominic Team in the first round that caught my eye you know Felix is not doing well is he he's I think Dominic Team could win that one and you know perhaps get a few wins under his belt I mean that's quite a, an open match I think um obviously two two big names there one player uh Chris I wanted to throw your way uh was I'm probably going to say his surname wrong, but Arthur Fees, Arthur Fees, um, yes, he, indeed. He is in this. He is in this uh, quarter of the draw. I mean, you have had big hopes for him this season. Uh, you know, with this Australian Open draw that he's been dealt, do you feel like this could be a, a coming out moment for him potentially on the Grand Slam stage? Yeah, I mean, I really do think that there's going to be some great results for him. Um, he's had a great start to the season. He pushed kind of. Uh, Andre Rublev all the way in the quarterfinal in Hong Kong. That was a very closely fought match. He actually took a set 6-1 against Andre Rublev, which doesn't happen that often. Um, he doesn't often go that much off the boil in matches. He always normally stays quite competitive and he's actually headed into the semifinals um, in Auckland. So he's in some good form. He's got some good matches under his belt. And I mean, his ball striking, I do think is so impressive. He's physically very strong. I think he can go five sets and we've seen at some um, kind of big tournaments. He has almost gone kind of five sets in multiple matches and got his way through. So I think physically he's there. And if it does become kind of a battle of um, attrition, I actually do think he's probably more capable of going five sets than maybe Holger Runa um, at this point, because we have seen some injuries last season. And I think the conditioning um, of Feast and not playing too much coming into this probably does let you, I mean, last season into this season does kind of let you prepare yourself a bit better than someone who's relentlessly tennising. Are either of you as sad as I am about uh, the fact that Denis Shapovalov is unseeded, which was he unseeded at Grand Slam draws last season? I don't know. I'm just seeing that and it feels it feels unfamiliar. It feels unfamiliar and I don't I don't like it. And, you know, the the kind of talk around Shapovalov and and Felix Ojeda seem 
it died a lot, didn't it, last season? Or the momentum really stopped and they've sort of gone backwards for different reasons, um, whether that's injuries or, or form or a mixture of the two. And, uh, you know, I think Shapovalov in this draw and where he is, you know, he's opening up against a qualifier or a lucky loser. He, I think, comes into this draw thinking, I've got a point to prove here. And with potentially Hubert Herkaj in the second round, that might be, you know, that might be an opportunity for him. He does seem to me kind of over time, he's someone who does need a lot of match practice because he does not always make the best decisions or play the sort of the percentage tennis at times. And he has returned for the first time since Wimbledon last week, uh, where he actually lost very, well, straight, very straightforward result for Offner, 6-4, 6-2. So that's not necessarily indicative of kind of a great result or great kind of um, run here. But yeah, it is very strange. I was going to say it's also quite strange in the previous section seeing kind of Borna Choric unseeded as well. And there's a lot of these sort of players who have kind mm. of moved up and then they've kind of regressed a little bit um, in that sort of mid, mid-20s mark. So don't worry, we're going to get another Roman Safulin peak run to a quarterfinal Ooh, of the Grand all, Slam There's always a draw. semi-finalist in <laughs> Australia who does something really rogue. Well, I think that in the fourth quarter, we could have a surprise uh, quarterfinalist. Um, this final quarter of the draw does feature Carlos Alcaraz. It also features Sasha Zverev, Casper uh, Rude, Tommy Paul. We've got basically all the Brits apart from Andy Murray in here as well with Jack Draper, Cameron Norrie, um, and Dan Evans. I was trying to think who the third Brit was for a minute. Was like there. all the Brits. Um, is that too? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Dan. <laughs> Um, yeah, this 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 bit of the draw. I mean, Carlos Alcaraz. I really don't know what to expect from him. Am I right to be tentative about um, him at the AO? He didn't play it last year. He was out injured. Joel, what what do you think of Alcaraz? I mean, it feels like we haven't seen the best of him of late. I think injuries have have hampered him, and that's never a great sign when you're going into you know best of five set environment. And you know, looking at his draw, I mean, he's got Gasquet in the first round, and I think. That, that's a nice kind of loosener for him. But the fact that he could have either Evans or Sonigo in the second round and then maybe even Bublik um, in the third round, who's you know on some great form this week. I think he's into semifinals in, in Adelaide and is playing Jack Draper. He's not got an easy draw, I don't think, to start off with. And I think given you know what he's been through over the last you know few months or so, I definitely think he's more vulnerable than... Than at other times, you know, he has been, you know, last last season where he, it felt like he was all conquering, mm. um, you know, going to semifinals and finals. I think, yeah, this if there is a shock moment for a top seed, I think there's some certainly some vulnerability there. He's an unknown quantity, isn't he? I would say. And looking at the draw, if you were him, Tommy Paul you... as well. I mean, Tommy Paul had his number, well, that... didn't he, in the the American hardcourt swing uh, last season? Well, exactly. And hopefully, kind of, um, they do get to, well, actually, maybe not hopefully with so many Brits in that sort of section that <laughs> we would hope that they maybe don't necessarily beat, but um, that maybe he can get his revenge there. But Tommy Paul, not not been in fantastic form. He did go down to Jack Draper in quite yeah. impressive style. And that's a name that I want to throw in, throw in here because... Could be a repeat. It could be a repeat. And I think it's... Um, it's definitely showing that the UTS Jack Draper we saw has definitely brought that form into 2024. And I was thinking, if you're a seed, you really don't want to see Jack Draper's name next to you. And the seeds have managed to dodge him. So at least they won't be playing him in round one. But he is high on confidence, having kind of had a great week um, into the last four um, on the ATP Tour this week. Is there any concern over the fact that he is playing the tournament uh, the, the immediate week before the Grand Slam and that he could have peaked 
you know, too too early um, in terms of, you know, going into this and it might be a bit, I don't know, it might be a bit too much or do we think that he's, he can, he's going to be able to kind of ride it through? Well, would he rather be in the fight for his first ATP title or, you know, make a run at the AO mm. at this stage of your career? I don't know. Maybe you'd go for the fir- the, form- the former, actually. But, I mean, if he does lose this semi-final, one positive is that, you know, you can get to Melbourne quicker and prepare for your... Opening, a bit like Rabakina, you know, who match. didn't really turn up against Alexandrova. I think she'd already booked her flight and needed to kind of check in for that. Yeah, it can work both ways. I know Dan Evans in the past has spoken about, you know, he's done really well, mm. I think, the week prior to the he's AO. Won titles and, it, and then... It not, just ruined yeah. him for the AO. So, he, you know, he spoke about managing his schedule better. That's why personally I would play in the tournament, you know, two weeks prior, but not, not immediately before. But, you know, at such a young age and stage of your career, that's you're learning aren't you with with regards to the schedule and what you can tolerate so I think um you know well I think it's you know positive positive though he's that he's got off to such a good start to the season and who knows in a couple of slams time maybe he will be seeded himself I mean you'd have to think it's looking that way and a player who is currently still seeded is Cam Norrie um who hasn't kind of had the the best run of form and he's starting to pick up a little bit now and getting some some match practice in um he could potentially face uh Norwegian Kasper Rud in the uh, third round which is also quite interesting because they're both players who have put together some really great results at slams previously and it'd be interesting to see who's going to be the person who steps up from that section because there's a lot of players who would love to make the quarters and semi-finals here Zverev yeah, as Sasha well Zverev. who yeah who you know he had a great you know he's had a great tournament at the United Cup um, a name maybe maybe quite unfancied at the moment, but again, I think in this quarter, um, yeah, there are definitely opportunities there um, to make inroads because of I think the vulnerability of the the top seeds. You know, as I say, kind of Alcaraz and and the people he's got to go through. I think particularly people in that section around Zverev, they've got the opportunity to have a, a nice run potentially to fourth round quarter final, and um, you know maybe some of the favourites are, are out by that point. I also think Zverev is vulnerable, though, at slams. You know, he, he gets embroiled in, into long matches. We've seen some quite ugly tennis from him at, at times. So I think he's You'd still... You'd give him this draw, though, I think, on a plate. I mean, looking at it, it's a really nice draw, I think, for him to, to kind of continue where he left, to continue where he left off in uh, uh, the United Cup, I think. Yeah, there might be a surprise package in there. Who knows? We'll Can't see. get complacent can't get complacent uh, well no one can at, you know at their peril um, <laughs> let's make some predictions then for who we think's reaching each quarter we'll go quarter by quarter um so quarter one that's Djokovic's quarter who are we predicting uh for our quarterfinal matchups Joel Djokovic Fritz Chris Djokovic Chilich. Oh, Chilich. Okay. Ooh, so I haven't even Fritz. mentioned him so far. Sorry, sorry, Fritz, I was going to say. Fritz, <laughs> that's rogue, Joel. I've gone for Djokovic sits pass. I've gone a bit. Oh, that's old even school. more rogue. Come on. <laughs> He's last year's finalist. Why would I not? Uh, he, has, yeah, well, he, he has good he, form. He retired. He retired. The facial expressions generally. he was not giving uh, earlier yeah, were, he not, retired were not good. Oh, dear. <laughs> I bet he's going to okay, win quarter, it now after all of this. <laughs> quarter two. Uh, Chris. I have gone for Sinner and then ADM. ADM, Alex de Menor. I've gone for exactly the same. And Joel? Sinner, Rublev. 
Okay. okay. I think, fair, I fair think Rublev, Rublev's going to do his classic, get to a quarterfinal and, and then check out. <laughs> Always the bridesmaid. I guess he's not making bride. your semi-final then, Joel. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yeah, spoiler alert. So quarter three, Joel? Runa Medvedev. Oh, I've gone for exactly same. the same. We've all Chris? gone for that, I think. Yeah, same. Ah, interesting. Okay, and quarter, quarter four, Joel? I'm completely aware I've bigged up Zverev uh, for the last five minutes. I've actually gone Alcaraz rude. I also downplayed Alcaraz as well. I don't know where I've gone. I don't know where I've got this from, but I'm going <laughs> Alcaraz versus rude. Uh, Chris? Um, I just had to double check that I did put this, but I, I have gone for rude versus Draper, I think. Ooh, you know, Draper's going like to take it. out Alcaraz. Well, you know, we have had British uh, British success here before with Carl Edmund Carl getting Edmund, to yes. the semi-finals. It's time for a British semi-finalist again, you know? Oh, is that alluding to what you're going for uh, further down? I've gone for um, Alcaraz versus Yiri Lehechka for this wow. quarter. Of course you have, Kim. What's the thinking there, Kim? Surprise package. Well, I he's just think Mukhova. he's... He, yeah, exactly. I like my Czech players to to spring a surprise, and, and to I call feel it like really he, early before they his, hit peak. <laughs> he is due a, a sort of slam breakthrough, I think. Um, okay, I think so. Yeah, that's my. I'd, you I'd, heard I'd it here first. The Hetchko is due a slam quarterfinal. It's his time. Uh, <laughs> I've I've got to go for someone rogue. I think it's just you know it's got to Normally be done. Normally it's Seb Corder um, for you that you quite like. I know. So, yeah. Well, I've, yeah, I'm over him now. So yeah. uh, semi final one, Joel. Djokovic, Sinner, Scotterby. Yeah, same for same. me, Chris. Yeah, same. I've gone for okay. the same as well. We're unanimous on that. And semi-final two, Joel? I've gone Runa Alcaraz. Okay. Ooh, you're yeah. a big Runa fan. I think yeah. you might have taken over from me yeah. as the number one Runa yeah, fan. Yeah, normally pod. Chris predicts yeah. him. I've gone for um, Medvedev against Alcaraz. Uh, and I've and, gone uh, Medvedev Draper. Because I Draper? Kind of Draper. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And the final then, Joel, who's your final and champion? I've gone I've gone Djokovic Alcaraz and I've Shock. got to go Nov- I've got to go Shock, Novak Joel. Djokovic. I've got to go Novak Djokovic. I know it's boring, I know it's lame, but I just well, hopefully can't, it wouldn't be a boring final though. Yeah. I just <laughs> can't I just can't go against <laughs> the seeded history and the seeds and mm-hmm. it's Novak Djokovic winning the Australian Open. Joel is also predicting now a Sviontek Sabalenka final. <laughs> we may as well just skip to that. But, um, Spoiler. <laughs> I went well, for Sin- Oh, you don't want to go, Kim? Uh, well, I was just, I've gone for Djokovic Medvedev. So I've gone a bit more, you know, what we had a few years back. Um, I've had a few finals. Medvedev's been in a few finals here, whereas Alcaraz, you know, we, we don't know what to expect from him down under. So that's me and, and Djokovic to win, of course. Kim, that is Chris. so boring. I mean, your your predictions, they are so... I, like... I actually think that's a very good prediction. I think it's <laughs> solid, but it's not the one and two that They're definitely think. not as boring as mine. Medvedev yeah. hasn't had a final there for a couple of years, you know. That's why I threw in Yuri Lehechka to counterbalance yeah. the, the standard final, yeah. <laughs> I guess you threw in Fritz making a quarterfinal, so I guess that's sort of rogue, Joel. But um, I went for the upset of all upsets because I think I've gone the most rogue with predictions Jack Traper, Grand Slam champion. I didn't do that because of oh, okay. Kim's rule. If you predict the Rafa to win and he does it, then you've jinxed it. It so doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. So I went for Sinner stating the upset of all upsets against Novak Djokovic in the semi-final, really stepping in to kind of uh, the limelight there and against Medvedev. And I've gone for Sinner winning. Um, First time I champion. Sa- I said it to Ben uh, when we spoke to him yesterday. 
Um, he said only an idiot wouldn't predict Djokovic, and I told him I predicted Sinner, and he said, "Well, you're an idiot, then, Chris." Yes, so I have to stick with it now. Well, 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 listeners, what do you think? Uh, do tell us all of your predictions on our social channels. We'd love to know what you think. Um, but we'll be taking a quick break now. But do join us in the second half, where we'll be looking at the women's draw and also revealing our collector set player picks. So do not go anywhere. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome back to the Tennis Weekly Podcast. And now we're going to move on to look at the women's draw uh, where we've got uh, Iga Sviontek at the top of the draw as the number one seed. She's not won this title. She is um, eyeing and she's up not going very to win it, first. Kim. I can tell you that now. It's an absolute horror draw. It is um, a nightmare draw, really. Um, I mean, she opens against the champion here from four years ago and then she could face another previous champion in the second round. Um, Joel, do you want to talk us through her, her nightmare draw? I mean, Sviontek, Kenin, Collins, Kerber. There's only one player there who hasn't reached an Australian Open final. And it's Iga Sviontek. It's not a very kind draw, I think, to open with. And I'm almost glad she had all that that practice at the United Cup because, um, you know, she's going to need to be battle ready, I think, from from the first round. It's not going to be easy for her. And I think what's so hard is that with someone like Sophia Kenin, she, I think, has the capacity to have some really, really good results. But we've also seen that she has the capacity to have some really, really bad results. So it might... It might be up. Uh, it might be up to whether you know what what stuff Sophia Kennan steps out on the court. But I mean, beyond that, you potentially also have um, you know I mean Noskova, Svitolina in in round four as well. It's just a very tricky draw for someone um, who is looking and probably is you know is the favourite. Wait, so who's going to win that, Joel? Then so Kennan against Coco Golf. That was. An, a fantastic performance mm. in terms of stepping up against a player who was much more in form um, than she was at the time. She's taken out Sabalenka in the off-season and last yeah. season. Is this a sort of opportunity that Kenin relishes in or would this be such a good opportunity if it wasn't world number one, Iga Sviontek? I'm still backing Sviontek, but I think it's going to be a battle. I mean, it's yeah, great I'm for just... round one. So I was at the Kenin Goff match at Wimbledon and it was just Kenin was just amazing. And if she brings that level, but I mean She's a big so, game player, so she, isn't she? She is, but Sviontek's also been in fantastic form, you know, and it's on this wins win streak. But then, you know, all win streaks have to come You've to an end. You've got to hit her they, off but, the court though, and does Kenin have the firepower would mm, be my question. 
I mean, that's a previous looking... Grand Slam final, actually, isn't it? That is a Grand Slam final from yeah. uh, the 2020 French Open. Yes, which is... yes, that's true. I mean, if Sviontek gets through those early rounds, her possible quarterfinal opponent would be Yelena Ostapenko, who she has never managed to beat. So if, you know, if it doesn't get bad at the beginning, it gets far worse the further she goes along. Not Marketa von Drusova Kim? Oh, yeah, but Marketa von Drusova on the seeding, yes. But, I mean, or Ostapenko's even Azarenka. Been having some good wins so far this year. Azarenka, two-time former champion. I mean, it's just peppered with with solid um, players and, and Grand Slam champions. I mean, even Marie Buskva, you know, could spring a surprise. There's just no one really in this draw that, um, you know, there's a whole host of top top names that could it's cause a struggle. draw, I think, you know. I think she has said she, this year she's going to try something different. She's going to be more aggressive is what she said in, in a, an on-court interview. <laughs> and I'm not sure that's actually humanly possible. possible. But <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure what the margin for error would be like. But she... She's really, you know, she's putting it together. She'll be back in the top 10 um, come Monday unless I think uh, another player does make the final or win the title. So she's really put it back together having not been in the top 10 for a number of years now and high on confidence. She's swinging freely. She did lose to Azarenka in Brisbane. So that could be a really entertaining clash. But Azarenka's got a lot of points to defend last year's semi-finalist. Um, this kind of has that sort of bottom section of this draw has kind of a story written all over it that there will be someone who does something a bit magic and could that be Australia's Isla Tomjanovic? What about Emma Navarro? I mean I was sort of reading um, up on her the other day she her dad is some top um, billionaire or, or something um, so I mean not that that's relevant to this but I just Goodness, you know, I didn't, is she, she going to buy her way through the draw Kim is, can she <laughs> buy the WTA is that possible well maybe her dad could yeah get involved help the prize money situation yeah, him and, um, and JPEG's dad yeah <laughs> But um, yeah, I was just, you know, she's not one that I've seen an awful lot of, yet she's seeded here. So perhaps it's time for her to be a dark horse uh, and come through the draw a bit. But I mean, it's, you know, it's very but tough. Seeded, quarter, seeded is so surprising quarter. for me because yeah, I think she's yeah. a little bit of a Maya Sharif here because she's kind of one of the, the least known seeds out there because we've talked about her a little bit. But I mean, she's only had 16 tall level main draw wins um, and that is six wins this year. So She's kind of done it on the one two five tour and sort of the the lower level tours to get to this spot. And, you know, she's obviously put together some really consistent results and played a lot of weeks to get there. And she played pretty consistently in the off season. Um, but I'd argue that's probably quite a good seed to get, really, because it's such uncharted territory for them playing as a seed and having not really played on the big stage that much. Yeah, you can fly under the radar a bit, can't you? But yeah, it did surprise me that she was seeded. That's why I sort of had to, uh, you know, do a bit of research. Um, but let's look at the second bit of the draw because here we have got Elena Rabakina as the third seed. Also, Jesse Pagula as the fifth seed. Um, they are the sort of two standout names. So also got uh, Kazakina, Chin Wenjeng, um, Kasteya. She often springs a surprise. Yeah, Sloane Tatiana Stevens. Maria. Sloane Stevens. Chris's favourite. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> but really, my eye here was drawn to the Rabakina Pliskova opener. Um, Chris, what are your thoughts on that? What what can we expect from that one? I think we're going to expect some absolute bombs of serving in that. I think that's going to be maybe the ace record. Better watch out, especially if that goes long. Um, I mean, Rebecca, I think she did, as I said, I think she didn't really commit to that match that she was playing, having won the title in the first week of the season. I think she, she wanted to be in Melbourne. Uh, we've seen some great things from Pliskova as well. Um, 
she played so well against Naomi. But I mean, the question is, can she do that when it's not someone who is, you know, playing very well? Has she, is she able to back that up? Because she went out to Sinyakova in a whimper, 6-2, 6-1. And you have to think, you know, what Pliskova is going to turn up. And and I think Rabakina at her best and is basically a Pliskova, but better in this in this sense. So I think Rabakina is going to be a player to watch out for. And it's not a great draw, but at the same time, um, Rebekah has been putting together some of the tennis against big hitters like Sabalenka. I mean, that is scary good. So I can't see that being too much of a problem. Mm. You would assume she would come through that, especially if Pliskova, like you said, is having a, an off day, which is, you know, frequent to do. Um, Joel, there are two notable Brits in this section of the draw, Katie Balter and Emma Raducanu, actually quite close together in the draw, but they they do avoid, I think, potentially meeting, I think, until the third round. But um, what are your thoughts on both of their prospects? I mean, they've both got winnable, I think, first round ties. Um, I mean, it's just great, to be honest, to see Raducanu's name in the first round um, of a Grand Slam main draw. Um, I'm still a little bit nervous because she's pulled out of, of two exhibitions in the build-up. But I was reading today that, um, you know, she 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 plans to step onto the court. And, um, you know, Shelby Rogers, you know, she's had great moments in the past, um, you know, on the, on the Grand Slam stage. And... Uh, I'm not played since Wimbledon. I did Raducanu beat Rogers on the way to the US Open she title. Yeah, absolutely destroyed her. So, two and one. Yes, yeah, so I, I think that there's you know there's a nice um, there's, there's a, a nice story tissue. there. Exactly. So I mean maybe Rogers will be out for for revenge a little bit. I think both of them will see that as a winnable tie. But um, I think for Raducanu, yeah, I'm just excited to see her back there, and I think she's landed in quite a nice part of the draw. You know, she could have Castea afterwards, and then I'd love to see a Raducanu Chin Wenzheng. Mm third round because she's another player I feel like we talk a lot about and uh, again I'm sort of waiting whether you know for a moment whether she can go deeper at a Grand Slam but she also had mm, that big win seat. against Christea at Wimbledon mm. on that Wimbledon fourth round run that was the biggest win that she had um, well one of the biggest wins that she had as well as Von Drusova on that very impressive yeah. run and yeah I mean there's Quinn Renjen hasn't kind of gone that deep in some of the slams yet so a lot of talk I think last season people thought that she would push on a bit more during the season and then she really had a great end to the season um, she's reunited um, with the coach that she split with who actually was working with Coco Goff when she won the US Open so the team has been reunited and I think that that's going to lead to a really solid season for her with her camp in order um, having lost her coach um Wimfaset back to Naomi Osaka so it's all been chop and change and now hopefully she has sort of the the team and the backing that she needs to really make a deep run here because you know on a good day I mean she can do anything on a tennis court I mean what do you think about Jessie Pagula because you know she's in that Andre Rublev position of when's it gonna happen for me at a, at a Grand Slam I'm so consistent on the tour but it, it's not quite happened yet with this draw that she has is the Australian Open 2024 her, her time to, to push on? I mean, it could be. Yes and no. I mean, ironically, she's the fifth seed. I think so is Rublev. But I do think, you know, I yes, it could be Rabakina, Pagula, quarterfinal. But I think, you know, if Rabakina brings it, she's winning that. So I still think there's a ceiling for Pagula that I'm not she needs seeing to break she's going to surpass mm. this tournament necessarily. She's playing um, better. Prove me she's wrong, in, though. That's she's, she's all improved, I say. Prove me wrong. She's improved from um, the United Cup, where I think she was quite frustrated with her form at times. Um, and now she's into, I believe, the semi-finals over in Adelaide. So that is 
positive for her that she's putting the form together. Um, but I mean, it's a pretty good draw for her, you have to admit. I mean, if it you head into the fourth yeah. round, it probably couldn't be a better draw before you meet a player that's really dangerous because a 29th seed, is that's a pretty favorable draw. We haven't talked about Kasekina or Stevens here. Um, they've fallen a part of the draw, which could give them the chance to play against Rabakina. That would be in the fourth round. Um, but there's a, a few openings you know, in the middle of this section where I think we might see someone a little bit surprising making a fourth round appearance. Mm, we'll see. Let's look at the third quarter now, uh, where we do have Coco Goff, US Open champion. Um, we've also got the return of Naomi Osaka, who opens against Caroline Garcia. Um, Caroline Wozniacki as well, former champion uh, as a wild card here, opening against Magda Lynette. Um, and Maria Sacri, who I think, you know, just hasn't really been on the radar for a while now. Uh, still the eighth seed, of course. Um, so it'd be a miss to kind of overlook her. Chris, what are you thinking um, for this quarter? Who Who's catching your eye here? Well, I mean, it has to be that Garcia-Osaka clash. We did talk about that earlier. Um, Garcia, this season, is she's probably got about one and a half good sets in her, it would seem, um, <laughs> where she just plays incredible tennis. But it's not, not always that way. I mean, against... Um, Ostapenko, she had a fanta- that was a fantastic match in Adelaide. Uh, did you and then- did you see on Instagram? She like retweeted the stats and and said, "How did I lose this match?" Yeah, I mean you have to ask the question because I mean people have been hitting such well. There've been so many matches we've seen the winner counts so high, yeah. Um, and so I think that's going to be one where maybe the fact that Caroline Garcia spent so much time playing matches at the United Cup and obviously playing Iga Swiatek, she knows that she has the level. Whereas Nomi Saka is obviously a little bit more unknown in what she can do on the tennis court. And in those clutch moments, she had a lot of break points against Pliskova. She actually played better tennis in that match, but didn't win it. So this might be a little bit too early in the Osaka comeback. And Garcia might be a little bit too much um, to handle initially is what my thinking might be. But I'm also looking at players like Leila Fernandez, who started to put something together, the Billie Jean King Cup at the end of last year. Um, her and Coco Goff playing would be something that I think would be really nice for a third round clash if you had a ticket for that I think you'd really enjoy it and I have to pass over to you here Joel because Goatnet she's there Magda Goatnet the last year's surprise package ranked number 12 seeded number 20 here I mean no one is Um, talking about her no one is talking about her but I mean are you about to I'm going to but I I actually think there's another player who's a surprise package around her that I think we should be talking more about um Sara Cerebes Tormo no it's not Sara Cerebes it's Linda Fruvertova uh another Czech Mm. teenager who I've got my eye on because I think she's been she had a very she's she's been racking up the match wins you know on the ITF sir Circuit, you know last season and um i think there's potential here for an upset in the first round against against had admire i personally would not be surprised um I but we shall see truly nuts that you've both gone for some crazy check predictions both uh, yeah of you, because I, i'd say i think honestly if there's going to be what one... makes you think that this is the upset you're going to go with joe i think it's like it's something telling it's <laughs> well, in your gut it's I, there's just a there's a thing there's a thing inside me that thinks there's going to be a breakout by you know, um, a teenager here. We've, you know, we've seen that, you know, we've seen that before. And I think that Fivertova has the talent and I think she has the the confidence and the belief to cause top top players problems. And I think she's going to cause Hadad Meyer problems. And I think, again, this is a nice 
part of the draw to be in. So um, I've, I've, I'm, yeah, I'm looking out for for Vuvertova. I don't really know what to expect from from Zachary, um, you know, at the very top of the draw. I think this is quite an open section to who potentially could meet someone like Coco Goff, I think, in the in the quarterfinals. I, I do love, sorry, but I do love your optimism, though, because she did only get two games at the US Open against Danielle Collins. <laughs> um, so maybe that's kind of, she got out uh, the problems there and she's going to step up to the It's to a the new season. Here. It's a new season. But I mean... The Zachary Mertens. Mertens has been playing very well at the start of the season. No. Um, she's no longer a double spe- specialist, is she, Joel? No. She might be a single, a single specialist, um, given the fact that her and Shacey Way didn't get off to the, the best start at the start of this year. But, um, I mean, who's gonna who's, who's coming through this for you, Joel, do you think? out of the, Not who's coming through, but who do you think we might see play each other in the fourth or, or fourth round? Yeah. Uh. I think for Vert, I say I'm I'm I've got my You're arm really, kind of. Okay. I'm really pushing for Vertiva. Um, okay. I just think it's I think very Noskova's very open. It could the... be anyone. I think he might think she's Noskova. That's my big theory. Well, here. <laughs> I did look see where Noskova was, but she's in that. I've got a Linda complex. Bit, so yeah, Linda. It's gonna, Linda's going to make it. And but if, I don't think. Other... It, I honestly don't think it really matters because I think in this quarter, Coco Goff, she's playing the best tennis I think for, of anyone in in this in this quarter, and yeah. Leila Fernandez could pose a few problems. I think she seems to have rediscovered her form over the last, you know, few months or so. But um, I think Coco Goff is she she is ready, and I think she believes, and I think she can go very very deep in this competition. Well, let's take a look at the final quarter of the draw, which does have uh, Onzibor uh, and defending champion Arena Sabalenka. Um, looking at Sabalenka's draw here, I think she's got a very very reasonable draw. Um, Chris, what do you think about the prospect of Sabalenga defending her title or at least making it through to the latter stages without harm? I mean, I I haven't said that she's going to get particularly far and I'm starting to think, why have I said that? I'm looking at the draw trying to figure it out. But um, she's playing well. She obviously had a very, a very bad loss in that final, quite a humbling loss against probably kind of the perfect tennis of Rebecca that day. So... I think she she does need a good draw here just to kind of get herself um, back on track and kind of right the ship. Um, there's a few sort of tricky players in here. I mean, but Samsonova and Vekic are, are both out of form. Serenko has not been playing particularly well. So it's probably the easiest draw she could have asked for. Anjabur, again, someone who hasn't been playing much on the tennis court. Um, and I, I think it, it's hers it's hers not to make. But I have my eye on a few, a few players here, I think. We could get a good run from Krajikova if she's able to kind of rediscover some of that form that she's been missing. Um, but we do have some Brits who I think um, could do well. A Brit that I think could have a, a good a good run, given the fact that she has got um, Tamara Korpach in the first round. That's Jodie Burridge. Um, she's here by right, not through qualifying. And, you know, Krajikova, as I've said, she could rediscover some form. But if she doesn't, um, I think that section is actually quite nice for her to maybe win a, win a match at a Grand Slam, potentially you know, head to a third round. So that could be interesting. How is Krachikova still the ninth seed? Um, I'm she won Dubai shocked. last year, which was a th- 1,000. Yeah. That was a long time ago though, isn't it? It is. I mean, I want to just, I want to throw out a couple of unseeded players in this quarter. We've got Mira Andriva, 
who a lot of a lot of people are, are talking about as a very good prospect. Um, I mean, Matt Futterman from the Athletic reckons he she's going to get to a Grand Slam final this season. Um, that's how I think highly regarded she is. Um, but also, Paula Bedosa uh, is in the draw as well. She's got Taylor Townsend in the first round. She's back. Um, after what is it back was it back injuries it's, it's issues with her back yeah isn't she it? had a lot of back injuries mm. last time she played she won a round at Wimbledon and then she pulled out yeah she started back this season had a good sort of three set contest but um, I mean when, when she was playing her best she was really good do you think Bedosa can go on a similar trajectory that Svitolina sort of went on you know coming back to the tour and and you know, impressing people in terms of the form that she brought back so quickly or, or where do you see kind of this Badossa return going. She was a very solid top 20 um, who got that standout result in Indian Wells. Um, and that result did stay a bit longer than I think because of the rankings and the time that that was out of season, I think, Indian Wells. Um, I think she kind of sort of shot up the rankings at that point and then she had some solid results but never really kind of made the breakthrough due to the the injury issues so it's a bit different from Svitolina where she was kind of very much at the top of her game and then the war broke out with Ukraine I think that caused her you know a lot of um, very difficult sort of mental um, issues to deal with with that going on at home and she took the time out um, and then she's come back having had sort of maternity leave within kind of very sort of extreme um, focus and desire and determination um, partly because of becoming a mother but also she feels that like she's playing for her country whereas you've got to feel that Badosa is just trying to not let the haters be right here in terms of saying that she's not going to do something again and um, there's an expectation that she has to kind of get back up to there rather than kind of do sort of a team which she could be a bit of a risk to and start kind of dropping down the rankings and not getting spots in slam so She's at a crossroads and I think it would be great to see her regularly on the tour. But as we talked about, it's what her body would allow her for. Yes. And I mean, Anisimova also um, unseeded here. You know, we know previously she's had some excellent performances at slams and Samsonova as well. 13th seed, perhaps not one to uh, underestimate. I did once predict her to win Wimbledon though. So um, perhaps the best, yeah. the less said about waiting. that, the better. <laughs> still waiting. Still waiting. Um, so let's make some predictions for our quarter finals onwards. Uh, let's go quarter by quarter again. Quarter one, Chris, I'm coming to you first. Who have you got? Well, I've actually, this is my roguish prediction, I think. I've gone for Svitolina Ostapenko. I think Svitolina might get the better of Sriantec once again. Wow. Well, I have still stuck with my prediction that I made on Monday, uh, which is Sriantec. I've got her up against Ostapenko. Joel? Sviontek Ostapenko as well. And second quarter, I've gone for Rabakina versus uh, Wen Zheng, actually, as perhaps perhaps a bit of a surprise quarterfinalist, perhaps not. Uh, Chris, who have you got? I've done the same. Oh, okay. Love it when we're sort of like-minded. Uh, Joel? Rabakina JPEG. Jessie JPEG. Pagula. You believe in the JPEG. Uh, quarter three, Joel, start us off on this one. Here we go. This is when I feel everyone's going to be like, what? What did Joel just say? Coco Goff versus Linda Fruverteva. There, I said it. Come on, Linda Fruverteva. The smugness Fruverteva. when this actually Come happens will be finals. amazing. Uh, well, I've gone for <laughs> Caroline Wozniacki against Coco Goff, uh, and they did play at the US Open. Oh, come on. That's even more ludicrous than that's even more ludicrous than Linda Fruverteva. Didn't they play what? in the fourth round? They played at the, at the, the fourth last Grand round. Slam 
of the last Grand Slam and Wozniak is a former Ludicrous. champion. So we'll see. Uh, Chris? I mean, I'm looking at this and I I did kind of look at this today and fill this in, but I'm not really resonating with my predictions at all at this point. I've gone for Zachary and Goff and I'm a bit surprised by that, but I'm I, I'm going to say Zachary. So we've all gone for Goff, but the others uh, differ. And then the final quarter, Joel, who have you got? Uh, I'm going Mira Andreeva versus Arena Sabalenka. I have gone for exactly the same as you there. And Chris? Alexandra versus Pavlyan Jankova. I think Pav has come okay. back and she's playing some great tennis. So you're not you're not going for Sabalenka at all. So semi lineup, uh, Joel. What, who are your semi finalists? I've got Ostapenko, Rabakina, Goth, Sabalenka. So you're going for Ostapenko to beat Svantec there. Um, Chris, who have you got? Mm. I've gone for Svitolina, Rabakina. And then I've gone for Goff Pavlyuchenkova. Righty ho! Well, Pavlyuchenkova gone... in the Australian Open 2024 <laughs> semi-finals. She did make that Roland Garros final, final. Yeah, exactly. I've yeah. gone for okay, okay. Uh, Sviontek versus Zheng, and then Goff Sabalenka. So I think Coco Goff is the only like the one that, that we yeah. are still predicting uh, across the board. And okay, final and champion Chris. Svitolina Goff with Svitolina the champion. The Auckland final has was the preview of the Australian Open final. Ah, well, who knows? Perhaps so. And Joel? You're not convinced, Kim. That's <laughs> like, ah, no. <laughs> Rabakina Goff and I'm going Coco Goff as my Australian Open champion. Two slams in a row um, for Goff. That, for Joel. That's kind of interesting. Yeah, I can see that, but... <laughs> I've gone for Sviontek Sabalenka with Sviontek to win, but I just, I don't know oh, my Kim. heart, I believe that really. But I thought I'm going to go for paper and, you know, just, she's got to win it one day, hasn't she? Surely. So why not in 2024? Um, so I'm sticking with my to. prediction from the other other day. Yeah, too good not to. There we go. Um, so that does bring us to a close for the draw previews. We do have one final thing to reveal, which is our collect a set player picks for this rendition of collector set uh, for those of you listeners who have not played it before uh, essentially it's our little prediction challenge uh, where we give you six players and you have to tell us what round you think they will get to or you know if they're gonna win the the whole shebang um the prize is a very special tennis weekly prize uh, which will be sent to you after if you uh, are the lucky winner so um Drum roll, please. Uh, I think we are going to reveal it's a the Australian month. Open 2024. Yeah, that's very cryptic, Kim, isn't it? What, the prize? I was trying to keep the prize, you know, exciting and secret. But Joel, you've just said said it's a mug. But yes, it is a mug. But it's a very special mug, isn't it? It's, it's beautiful. Uh, yeah, Tennis Weekly mug for our winner. And as Kim said, we've got six picks. Uh, I'm going to let uh, Kim and Chris, you can do the honours in unveiling who the players are. Kim, do you want to do you want to do the I'll do the drum roll and you reveal the the three the three male picks. So, drum roll. Ooh. The collector set male picks are Grigor Dimitrov, Jack Draper, Alex Dimonor. It's a good bunch of uh, male names there, I think. Get get some uh, get your thinking caps Lots on of already. Potential. And the female picks are 
We have Naomi Osaka, Emma Raducanu, and Alina Svitolina. So a few uh, Brits in there and a few returning players, uh, home hope as well, and some with recent form. So do tell us what round you think they're all going to get to, um, or if you think they're going to be champion, or if you're going to think if you think they're going to get to the final, make sure you specify whether they're winning and the champion or whether they're just the runner up. Um, please do let us know before the start of play on Sunday. I need to get rid of the slam spoon of shames as well, I believe. I think <laughs> I still have them. I think I had them the whole of last season, actually, if I'm honest. They just stayed with me. I think my dad won the last um, round of collector set. So, um, yeah, not, that sounds like it's nepotistic. Fixed. It's not. He genuinely Definitely did win. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we'll be revealing our um, collector Under set. Under a pseudonym. <laughs> on the next uh, rendition of the podcast um but yes that's your six picks so get get predicting get them into us on social media before play starts on sunday it's a sunday start this year so don't forget yes we will be revealing our collector set player pick predictions next week get them in before play starts on sunday we're going to wrap up our draw preview episode here. Remember, there's still time to donate to the Tennis Weekly crowdfund. The link is in the description. And also vote for us in the Sports Podcast Awards, which also can be done in the description as well. But in the meantime, listeners, I hope you've enjoyed our latest episode of the Tennis Weekly podcast. Remember to subscribe to us to stay up to date on all the action from Melbourne Park over the next couple of weeks. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and all major podcasting platforms out there. And if you like what you're hearing, then make sure to leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And as always with the Grand Slams, there'll be plenty of clips on our social media for you to look at. So you can follow us on social media or email the show. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok and YouTube. At Tennis Weekly Pod is the handle. You can purchase Tennis Weekly merch at the, at the link etsy.com slash shop slash Tennis Weekly Podcast. You can email the show tennisweeklypod at gmail.com or check out our website tennisweekly.co.uk. And we will be back on Tuesday at Tennis Weekly HQ for our round one Australian Open catch up. So I hope you can join us for that. But in the meantime, it's goodbye from Kim. Goodbye. It's goodbye from Chris. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from me. We'll see you again soon.